Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Good. At 5, 5, 4, 4, 3, 3, 2, 1, 1. We have ignition. Strap in. This won't last long. Okay. Good. Welcome, everyone, to Way in Sports Talk. Rivalry week, hate week, happy Thanksgiving. Glad everyone could join us. Wanted to have this small show tonight, just kind of a private show. People listen if you want to. It's not advertised. It's not, you'll see it whenever you want to see it. But, you know, last night we had a big show. Uh, A lot of people tuning in, a lot of calls, a lot of callers. And I love that, by the way. That's that's one of the best things about this show. Sometimes when you do a two-hour show, you just can't hit all the topics you want to hit when you have 10 callers. And and, uh, we just want to talk a little bit tonight about some of the big rival games coming up, the rankings right now in college football, and just see what what does this weekend mean. And that's, that's what I want to touch on right now. People think that, Everything's it's it's kind of the calm before the storm. You have your Alabama is number one. Nobody thinks that they can be moved from that place. And I don't. I think people forget that every year we have chaos when it comes to college football. And right now at number two we have Ohio State. A lot of people believe they win against Michigan. They're in regardless if they make the Big Ten championship game because if Penn State wins that game. They're in. Penn State's going to be playing probably Wisconsin if Wisconsin can can beat Minnesota tomorrow in a big. I think it's the Axe rivalry. I can't remember the exact name of it, but it's uh, Paul Bunyan's Axe, maybe. But it's a big. I mean, this is the best time of year in football, but it's also a sad time because we wait all year for college football, and now it's already the last week of the regular season. If you're an SEC guy like myself or your team's in the SEC. I'm not an SEC guy, but Auburn's last regular season game will be the Iron Bowl on Saturday, and there will not be an SEC championship game thanks to losing against Georgia with Petway out of the game and Sean White hurt. We just didn't have enough to to overcome a Georgia team that had a good defense, one of the best rushing defenses in the country. And then when you can't throw, it makes it even more difficult. So now, I mean – here we are quietly sneaking up to the Iron Bowl, and there's not a lot of hype around it this year. I think had Georgia fallen to Auburn a couple weeks ago, it would be. But this is a very dangerous game, and I wanted to get it on air in case you know people say once it happens, people can't come back and say, well, you didn't call that, Brian. Well, we're going to talk about it tonight. It's under the radar, and maybe, I mean, the best thing that could have happened to Auburn if they weren't going to win a championship anyway was to lose to Georgia because now you have Florida playing Alabama in the SEC championship next week. 
And, and let's let's forget we're adults here. A lot of us listening are adults. We think different than a 18 to 20 year old kid that thinks out there right now. And if you're a player for Alabama, yes, the Iron Bowl is very important to you. But you've been told, and you don't really have to be told if you're you have half of a brain, you can lose this game and still make the playoff. So I just wonder if losing to Georgia was the best thing that ever happened to Auburn had they not just said we're going to lose in the playoff. Nobody wants to see that. But I think sometimes bad things happen, but good things follow as long as you you play hard and you you, are, you remain who you are even when you go through adversity in life. It's the same thing. You, you have to get up and fight again. And I think the best thing that happened to Auburn was this game not being talked about all week. But the people that do talk about it a lot are the ones saying that Auburn doesn't have a chance. You have a quarterback situation. You don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Petway's coming back, but is he 100%? People remember what they saw last. That's really what they remember. And even though they beat Alabama A&M 55 to nothing with really their most of their starters out of the game, people go back to Georgia. And they think of the Auburn team struggling against the Georgia defense, not being able to run the ball. But one thing you have to take away from that Georgia game is the Auburn defense, the way it played the entire game. To give up six points on the road in a rival game is phenomenal. I mean, you have a, a freshman quarterback in Georgia that can sling it. You have great running backs there, but to hold that team to six points is amazing. To lose the game is even more amazing if you hold the team to six points, but the pick six was too much. But let's 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 forget that Georgia game, and let's pretend that Auburn did not lose that game. Let's put Petway back in the game. If he plays, they win that game. There's no doubt about it. But this is an Auburn team that, that, went, that beat LSU, cost Les Miles his job, that beat Mississippi State on the road up 35 nothing at halftime, blew away a good Arkansas team 56-3, went to Ole Miss at night when Ole Miss still had something to play for with their quarterback and beat them by double digits on the road. And then the Vanderbilt game happened, the Vanderbilt game where Sean White didn't play in the first half, Auburn wasn't ready, noon kickoff, it was a little closer than expected. And the, then you have the, the Georgia game. People remember that. They don't remember, if, unless you follow a team, unless you know everything about them, you tend to remember the last thing you see. And, for instance, I'll give you this for an example. Ohio State playing Penn State, they lost. I think they're terrible now in the way they played against Michigan State, but there's a lot of people that think they're the best team in the country that can beat Alabama. If I was an avid Ohio State fan and dug down deep into the numbers, I may – I may understand a little bit more. But the fact is, I'm a regular college football guy. I love it. I study it. But what I'm saying is, outside of the state of Alabama, you, your, your perception is Alabama's the best team in college football. There's nobody close to them right now. Who's playing for second? And this Auburn team is just not very good at the quarterback position, and they've got some injuries. So this is a very, very dangerous game for Alabama. If they lose to Auburn, then you, they start sneaking up on you, okay, are we that good? And that's what I'm here tonight to, to try to explain is I don't think Alabama is the team that everybody thinks they are. And you go back to their schedule, they, they've looked good at times. I'm not going to say that uh, 
that Alabama is not a good football team. They are a very good football team, but they're not as strong as the teams in years past when you look at Alabama, especially up front on the offensive line and the running back, Cal running back. They have a dynamic quarterback that can get first downs and extend drives with his legs. But one thing about that, he's a freshman. He's a true freshman, and when he when he experiences pressure, he doesn't make the best decisions in the world. And that's why <laughs> tomorrow may be a little different than what people anticipate. Or Saturday, I keep saying tomorrow. It seems like Friday right now. Uh, when you look at this game, you, it's in Tuscaloosa. It has it has everything made up to be where Alabama's going to win this football game. If you look at it, the point spread 17. And they have to put the line that high because people will, will not bet on it. I mean, they will all load up on Alabama and nobody will bet on Auburn, and then Vegas puts themselves at risk. But Vegas doesn't care who wins. As long as 50% of the people bet on each team, they're making money. But let's look at the the first game of the season. was a kind of a, it was a surprise to me, 52-6. to six. Alabama started out with – I think it was Cooper Bateman, a quarterback, switched over to Jalen Hurts and blew out a very bad USC team at the time. Then they played Western Kentucky, 38-10. to 10. They went to Ole Miss, 48-43. And, and, again, that game was 24-3, I believe, Ole Miss at one time. But Alabama did go up by 18 late, so that, that score wasn't as close as it looks. Then they beat Kent State, 48 to nothing. They beat Kentucky, 34-6. to six. They went to Arkansas, won 49 to 30. Went to Tennessee, dominated an injury plague. Tennessee team, 49 to 10, beat A and M at home, 33 to 14. And then this is where I think people started. Once you start getting into the meat of your defense and your schedule, you can start seeing weaknesses. I noticed the weakness of Alabama against Arkansas. That's where I really it stood out to me and Ole Miss, but. I really study Alabama and Auburn. So when they when they played that LSU game on November fifth on the road, their offensive line got beat a lot up front, and the right the the true freshman right tackle could not hold up against LSU. So all you saw was a punt punt field position battle until the fourth quarter, where Alabama was able to, to win this game by Jalen Hurts' legs. Yes, there was there was a block in the back and two holds on the play that, that wasn't called, by the way. I just want to throw that out there. And I'm sure um, people, if you go back and rewind it, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. But this was a game that Alabama could have lost, and that's where the alarm bell started going off in my head a little bit more. Uh, LSU is not a very good football team, people. Um, they have no offensive identity. Uh, Ed Orgeron's not a coach. He's a mascot. Fournette came in full strength, still couldn't move the ball. And and people look at Alabama's rush defense like it's the best they've ever seen. It's very good. But there's a difference when you're lining up against LSU's offensive line and when you're lining up against Auburn's. Um, it's all about the way people block. It's about how the linemen pull. It's the way there's different techniques of blocking with the offense Auburn runs compared to LSU. LSU is a perfect for Alabama, and they will every year until they hire a coach that can do something besides run run the running back out of the eye formation. I don't care if you have a fullback or not with that type. It doesn't matter to Alabama. They're going to shut you down, and that's what they did. But what was more surprising to me 
there was the fact that Alabama was only able to come away with 10 points against an LSU team. Um, even though it was on the road, you saw the, the struggle without able to block up front, without the bell cow running back, Alabama is putting their entire hopes and dreams on the on the back and shoulders of a freshman quarterback, Jalen Hurts. He has answered the call 11 times this year. Number 12 is going to be a little different, I'm telling you. Auburn has one of the best – Auburn is the best defense that this team will play for the rest of the season, I think. The, the matchup up front, Montrevious Adams being able to, to hold down that middle, it causes these other ends for Auburn to be able to get some pressure on the quarterback. And it, and it also allows the quarterback not to be able to step up in the pocket and run because of Montrevious Adams being there. I don't think people realize how valuable a player Montrevious Adams is in this kind of game. And on draft day, you'll see what I'm talking about when Montrevious Adams is probably a mid-first-round pick. He allows Carl Lawson. He, he allows Marlon Davidson. He allows uh, Brown, Derrick Brown, to be able to get in there and get pressure on the quarterback. And another thing, being able to to be able to the linebackers for Auburn being able to get some penetration in there because of that. The biggest improvement I've seen on Auburn this year is the is from the linebackers and from Coach Rodney Gardner on a couple of weeks ago before the before the Georgia game and, and I asked him the question. I'm like, Hey, what what do you attribute this 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 to? You know, the linebacker play for Auburn's better than it's been since I can remember a long time ago. I mean, I'm 40 years old right now, but I remember back in 2004, pretty good linebackers. Back in the the 90s, some good linebackers. But it's been a while, and the difference in this Iron Bowl compared to the year, years past is Auburn didn't have a defense in those years in 2013 when they beat Alabama. They didn't have a great defense in 2010 when they beat Alabama. Well, this year they have a great defense, and I'm not saying it's better than Alabama's. I'm not going to sit here and say that. But I will say it is the best defense Alabama's played yet. And uh, Alabama runs a similar type of offense to Auburn, but the difference is Auburn runs it better. They, they've they been running it for more years, and Auburn's defense is used to seeing this kind of offense in practice. So I just think this game on paper, you, you have to put the point spread at 17. That People say that's too too much and it's too heavy. Well, you, you have to be able to, to generate action from both sides. And this line went up all the way to 20, folks. And so a lot of money, the wise guys' money moved it down to 17. I just look at matchups, and that's what this game is, is blocking and tackling. Can Auburn block? Can they tackle? Can they make open field tackles? Can they allow Alabama to have to drive the fields on every possession to score? And I think Alabama is going to hit a player two in this game, but also I think Auburn will too. Um, I think Auburn's going to be be able to hit them because because if Auburn can't move the ball, if they can't strike the defense over the top, they're not going to be able to move the football. But I think John Franklin the third is the guy, and I know. I don't know if this is calculated by Gus Malzahn. I don't know what's going on, but when I see John Franklin the third in a ball game, I see the offense just perform at a much higher tempo pace and just run. They, they just run so much better because what happens when you're playing Alabama defense is so sophisticated. 
they can key in on anybody, like a, a regular quarterback, if they know where the quarterback's going to be. Sure, Sean White can scramble sometimes and pick up a first down, but he's not a running threat to Alabama in their eyes. John Franklin the third is every game you watch, go back and watch the plays he's been in, the, the, the defensive ends freeze every time because they can't be as aggressive because if you're too aggressive, he's going to run right past you and he's gone to the end zone. And that's why I think Saturday you're going to see John Franklin the third, or you're going to see uh, Jeremy Johnson be the quarterback for Auburn because Jeremy Johnson is big enough to see over that defense. He's been there. He's experienced. He, he knows what the Iron Bowl is all about or or John Franklin the third. The reason I don't think Sean White's good in this game is because he he just sits back in the pocket, and if he, he stays too long sometimes, he's going to get crushed because Alabama's defense is so good, you can't just block them forever. So the key is what do you do to an aggressive defense is you, you have to make them a little less aggressive by putting in a John Franklin the third. And what's going to surprise some people Saturday is early in the game when they see Franklin, if he's in strike deep down the field for a touchdown, it's going to make that Alabama defense a lot less aggressive. And then that's where Petway, this is where Carryon Johnson, this is where Eli Stowe, some of these guys can start chunking yards on the ground. And you're not going to beat Alabama unless you're able to throw the football on them to be able to to run you're going to have to throw so Auburn in this game if you're looking at it you're not going to line up to Alabama and run down their throat to start with it's not going to happen but what you have to do is strike over the top and you have to catch the balls when they're throwing at you so Auburn's receivers are going to have to do a much better job than they have in the game's past of coming down with a big play uh, Sean White Franklin Johnson whoever it is has to have the time to be able to throw it downfield. The good thing about Franklin, people say he can't throw. Well, from what I'm hearing from inside sources, he can throw. And it's in the games, they don't give him a lot of opportunities. If you notice this, in my, they'll let him come in for a couple series, show you what he can do with his legs, and then he'll hand off the rest of the game and run the clock out. But uh, John Franklin the third is a gamer, guys. And I'm here to tell you that if Auburn is victorious in that Iron Bowl Saturday, it's because John Franklin III played a big part in that game. And one thing I don't understand is Gus Malzahn, if, if, if he's your best athlete out there on the field, if he's your fastest player, and just say he didn't win the quarterback position, can you not put him in the slot? Can you not put him in as a receiver coming across and getting the ball and seeing what he can do with it? I mean, I think this game – you're going to pull out all the stops if your Gus Malzahn. Even if Franklin's not the quarterback, he's going to be somewhere because Auburn's been preparing for this game for two weeks. They're going to have some wrinkles. So is Alabama. They're going to have some wrinkles in this game. And if Auburn can get past that first quarter uh, and that game be in, with the lead or tied or something, we're in for a four-quarter game, guys. I'm telling you, this Iron Bowl is going to be fantastic just based off what I see with the defensive side of the ball. But I think that's the one thing that gets lost is when we talk about this is the defense of Auburn. That's the difference this year. And there's another difference, you know. I mean, when, you, when you're playing an Alabama team in the past, you're used to seeing Auburn's defense not being able to stop people. Well, this year they can. And one thing about Alabama, they can't run the football like they did before. 
and they can't throw. They're, they're not as accurate throwing the ball. And people like A.J. McCarron and uh, what's the kid's name um, that's on SEC Network, Greg McElroy. Uh, even though he's annoying, the guy could throw the football and he made smart decisions. Well, this is the Iron Bowl. This is going to be a lot of pressure on a freshman. And I'm not saying Auburn's going to come in there and tear Alabama up, but I'm just I'm just trying to point out some matchup problems that could be there in this game. If Auburn's going to win, you're going to see John Franklin in the game. If Auburn's going to win, you're going to see Auburn running between the tackles. You're not going to beat Alabama to the outside unless you're getting them in the inside, unless you're throwing over the top. If you can do those things, you've got a chance. That line's at it's 17 and a half for a reason right now. It's because people think Alabama's going to come in there and, and dominate. They're, they don't think Auburn can score. And maybe they can't. But, you know, a team's identity is what it is in week 12. Auburn's a very physical running football team. They play physical defense. We know that. But can they do something? Can they create something in one game to be able to cause a matchup problem for Alabama? I don't know. I mean, that's that's why we're here. That's why we're going to watch the game. That's why they don't go ahead and say, hey, Alabama won this game. It's not even going to be close. Just put them in the SEC championship game. So they have to play it on the field. And, you know, you have to be careful if you're Alabama, too, in a game that doesn't matter technically. You're already in the SEC championship game. Be careful with injuries. They could take your whole season away from you. So a lot of things going through these kids' mind right now. Kids look at point spreads, too. They look at them, and and they look at them, and they say, oh, we're 17-and-a-half-point favorites. No need to to show up. Well, we've seen a lot of 20 – I've seen a lot of 21, 24-point favorites get beat. You saw Clemson, a 23-point favorite, lose at home to Pittsburgh. You saw Michigan, a 22-point favorite, lose to Iowa. You saw Ohio State, a three-touchdown favorite over Penn State, lose. So, I mean, it happens all the time. And people think just because the point spread is high that that means the game's over. It doesn't because a 17-point game is, is not a blowout sometimes. It could be it could be 30 to 20 at the end of the game close to it, and Alabama just put one in the end zone to go up. A 10-point game the entire game is a close football game in college football these days. So, don't let that point spread fool you and make you think that this game is not even going to be a game because it is. USC is a 17-and-a-half point favorite over Notre Dame, and Notre Dame's 4-7 and seven right now, but Notre Dame's got the skill. They've got the talent to come in there and win. Will they? We don't know. That's why we're going to play the game and find out. But I'm very happy that Chandler Cox will be playing the fullback for Auburn this weekend. He's the main reason for the, when the offense goes. Petway's a great running back. Don't get me wrong. He's a bruiser. But without those those blocks and in the Georgia game, Chandler Cox going out in the third quarter really stifled that offense. And I don't care who you have running the ball. If your main blocker is out, it's going to be more difficult. And in game, it's hard to all of a sudden play without your stars during a game like that. But you saw what Gus Malzahn did to an inferior opponent the week after. He adjusted, and the offense put up, what, 600-and-something yards, 55 to nothing win over Alabama A&M. And what would have concerned me is Auburn would have won that game 27-3 to or something. So that Iron Bowl is going to be something to watch. We will have a show Sunday night to talk about this Iron Bowl, everything about it from top to bottom. But some of the best Iron Bowl memories – 
I mean, I'm, I'm 40 again. So I've seen a lot of great Iron Bowls. I've seen the the Van Tiffin field goal to beat Alabama or to beat Auburn in it was 86 or 85, excuse me, 86. I saw Lawyer Tillman, the reverse to beat to beat Alabama. We've we've seen the underdog win the game. We saw the favorites win. But the the biggest thing about this game is the best team usually wins and. In your mind right now, you have to think, what is the gap between Alabama and Auburn in your mind? Is Alabama head and shoulders above Auburn? That's what you have to ask yourself. Auburn had three losses this season. The first two of them came two of them came in the first month against Clemson, which is number four in the poll right now, and a, a good Texas A&M team at the time before Auburn found any kind of identity on offense. Remember, they lost Javon Robinson before they, right before the season started, their number one rusher. So, without a dynamic quarterback, it was it was hard to to compensate for that until you learned to play another way. Well, Auburn did. They they found a way to do it. So, third down defense, red zone defense, is where Auburn has succeeded this year, and they're going to have to succeed again to be able to beat Alabama. And this will guarantee Auburn a Sugar Bowl berth. If they can beat Alabama, if they lose to Alabama, they may need some help to get that Sugar Bowl berth because we have A&M LSU tonight, LSU with four losses already, A&M with three. If A&M wins, they're unranked. I don't know if it's going to be enough to get them back in the poll ahead of Auburn. Auburn's 13 now, and the question becomes, after watching the Iron Bowl, where do you think Auburn, do they deserve to drop after losing to number one on the road? That's what you have to ask yourself. That's why it's very important for Auburn to play a very close game, at least if they don't win, at least be respectable because the committee is going to release their final rankings and the highest-ranked SEC team up there is probably going to get the Sugar Bowl. Will a Tennessee win over Vanderbilt on the road be enough to to, to put Auburn – out ahead of behind Tennessee, I don't think the committee the committee spoke very loud this week when they came out with their rankings, guys. I mean, they did. They put Auburn at 13, the second team in the West in the SEC, even ahead of Florida, just playing in the SEC championship game that just went into Baton Rouge. And I just don't think Tennessee's a hot enough sell right now to be able to 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 sell all those tickets in New Orleans. So it's it's going to be fun. Rivalry week's what it's about. You know, it's not just about the Iron Bowl. We have Ohio State, Michigan playing at noon. I mean, who who's going to miss that game? Nobody. But let's go tomorrow real quick to see what we we're looking at. Nebraska, Iowa, very important game in the Big Ten. Um, it's going to be an ugly, ugly game. But I think Nebraska comes out ahead just because I think Nebraska has better athletes in the game, and there's none bigger tomorrow than the Apple Cup. Washington goes on the road to Washington State at 3.30 Eastern. I like Washington State in this game to pull the upset. Call me crazy, maybe, but I just think Mike Leach is going to get it done at home. And, again, this is a rival. Throw the records out of the book. Throw everything out. This is a a heated, hated rivalry, just like the Iron Bowl, just like Michigan-Ohio State. And then let's go to Saturday. I mean, Clemson, you better not be sleepwalking when you play South Carolina Saturday. This South Carolina team has gotten better and better as the year goes, has gone by. They play very good defense. Clemson hasn't played great of late. And if they lose another game, they're done. 
So this has no impact on the ACC. But if Clemson were to go in and lose a game at night at home against South Carolina, you could kiss the playoffs goodbye. The ACC will not be represented in the playoffs, and you mark my words on that. I don't care what anybody's telling you on ESPN or CBS or Fox. Clemson is done. They can win the ACC. Two-loss ACC team will never get in the playoffs. The only two conferences that could have a two-loss team would be the SEC, had Auburn not choked it away against Georgia, or the Big Ten. You could have Penn State or Wisconsin shaking up the party a little bit. And let's keep going down Saturday's slate, Penn State, Michigan State, a huge game at 3.30. I'm sure people will be watching the Iron Bowl, but Penn State has to win this game or they're not going to the Big Ten championship. So they're a 12-and-a-half-point favorite over Michigan State. Michigan State's not an easy team to beat, so that'll be interesting to see. Georgia, Georgia Tech, Georgia is not a good football team, folks. I'm, I'm here to tell you. Uh, this could hurt Auburn if Georgia loses, and I think Georgia loses. Georgia's going to lose to Georgia Tech in this one. They're at home, they're favorite, but not going to be able to beat Georgia Tech. Louisville, Kentucky, blowout city, Louisville over Kentucky, big. The Civil War, Oregon, three over Oregon State. Take Oregon State, the points in that one. Uh, Oregon still flying high off that upset win at Utah. Florida, Florida State, a night game in Tallahassee. All I can tell you is, guys, get ready. Florida State's about to blow Florida off the map. So mark my words on that one. Florida is about to get annihilated. The Egg Bowl, I don't understand how Mississippi can be favored over anybody, but okay, Vegas, I'm going to go with you on this one. Old Miss over, over Mississippi State. Ohio State six and a half over Michigan. Take, those, take Ohio State and lay those points. Michigan's going to have trouble scoring, and I think Ohio State scores on special teams in this one. So remember that. Ohio State scores on special teams. In the NFL this week, Carolina's heading out to Oakland. A lot of people high on Oakland right now, but this is Carolina's shot to get back in the the playoff picture with the road games at Oakland and Seattle next week. If they could come away with two wins and get up to 500, that would be, that would be huge for them. Easier said than done, but just wanted to throw that out there, everybody. I think tonight if Kevin Sumlin loses to LSU, and I think you will, I think you're going to see a coach fired. I think, I think Kevin Sumlin's in deep trouble, guys. Um, they're tired of seeing them fall short uh, in the month of November. Texas A&M, you go back in the years past, and you, you watch them play. They start out 4, 5, 6, and 0. Oh, and they take a nosedive, and it's a dramatic nosedive. It's very disappointing to the fans that follow A&M. It's very frustrating uh, just to have a team that has that kind of talent that can't finish it out. And I don't think A&M's ever beaten LSU, and that's why I'm picking LSU tonight. LSU without Fournette, without Beckwith, I believe, they're still going to go on the road to A&M and win. And, and defense travels, guys. LSU's defense will show up tonight. Trevor Knight is playing. I can't believe it, but he is. Uh, so Trevor Knight should get the start tonight. This LSU team will win the game in the trenches. They're going to be able to run the football on, on Texas A&M. And even if Knight comes back, I just don't think he takes one bad shot, just one hard shot, it could knock him out of the game. So LSU is going to be a little angry after losing that game to Florida the way they lost it. And they're going to be fighting hard for Ed Orger on tonight. 
rumors have it Tom Herman could be the next coach at LSU, even though LSU has extended an offer to Jimbo Fisher to be the next head coach at LSU. Still a lot of football left to be played, everyone. There's a lot of coaching moves to be read, still to be made. Update real quick on you. Dallas up 17-12 to 12 over the Redskins. It looks like the Redskins just scored a touchdown, deciding to go for two right now. I don't have the results of that, but it's 17-12 to 12 as we speak right now. The night game in the NFL, nobody really cares about. Andrew Luck's out of the game. Pittsburgh going to Indy, favorite eight. Shouldn't be close, but you know how the NFL is. They'll make it close just to make sure the ratings stay there. They'll keep it they'll keep it close until the fourth quarter. So guys, I hope you all enjoy rivalry week as much as I do. I hope we can come back Sunday night and say that Auburn is the Iron Bowl champion and they will be heading to the Sugar Bowl. So that's what I hope we hear. But you never know what what's gonna happen. But uh, who knows, right? That's why we play the game. That's why we, we're fans. We, we can love it. But Alabama, phenomenal football team. you got a chance in Auburn right now to redeem your season, to make up an, an eight-win season. Great. It's better than what anybody predicted out there. But to get your ninth win against Alabama and to win your tenth in a bowl game would be a phenomenal season for Auburn. And just a little stat to throw out. Nick Saban has never beaten Auburn has never beaten a nine-win Auburn team. So what that means is if Auburn wins a bowl game, they've, they've won nine games this year. Will they win it or not, that'll, that'll, that's yet to be seen. But if, if Auburn beats Alabama Saturday, they're nine and three, and again, the streak would continue that Nick Saban can never beat a, a top-ranked or a top team in Auburn that can win nine games. And Auburn's a good football team, folks. And we're going to find out Saturday. It should be fun to see. Depends on which quarterback, like I said, is out there. Depends on the game plan for Gus. So it's hard to outcoach Nick Saban. But, again, you got a freshman quarterback out there leading the way. And for Auburn, Sean White's a sophomore, a redshirt sophomore that's been through a lot. Jeremy Johnson's a senior that's been through hell and back. And you've got John Franklin III that's not a freshman, yet it's his first year in the SEC. Signed with Florida State early. He redshirted there. He transferred to JUCO, didn't play fully all the way there. So you never know what to expect. All I can say is get ready for a great Iron Bowl I'm hoping for. And everybody have a blessed Thanksgiving day and an evening. Enjoy time with your family. Enjoy the time off work and watch a lot of football. Make sure you join us back here Sunday night at 6 p.m. Eastern. 6 p.m. Eastern is when we'll be going. Um to be able to talk about all these games from 6 to 8. Make sure you, you call in 646-716-5564. Everybody have a great week. God bless. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.